Blog Talk Radio. Now listening to Blacktopia Presents Roundtable Talk Radio with your host, Barbara the Country Cleaning Lady, some guy named Jay, and Miss Marie Jones for another edition of Good Morning at Night. Blacktopia Roundtable Talk Radio is the number one live stream dedicated to assimilating black folks from all walks of life, teaching and preaching the importance of economic empowerment for our people, and showcasing the talents and abilities of black people across the globe. This is also the number one blog talk radio show, which I believe is not 
hosted by a convicted felon or a conspiracy theorist wacko or a closeted lesbian. But, hey, we put on a great show just as good as those people, too, so listen up. Now, that doesn't mean that we can't have those types of people on our show because uh, tonight we do have someone who did spend time in federal prison. Tonight we have Tracy June. You know, like I said, she served time in federal prison, and she'll be with us. She'll be here with us to talk about, you know, her experience there and, um, you know, how she got her life back on track. Um, you know, this is the uh, the, our real Orange is the New Black show. Uh, we did it last year in 2015, um, back when we had Elizabeth the Great as a host. Uh, so uh, we're having Tracy June back because the show has gotten so much bigger and we have more, you know, Blacktopians, we have more listeners, and so we're going to, you know, we're going to do the show again. You know, and now we have uh, two new hosts, uh, co-hosts, the Barbara the Country Cleaning Lady, Miss Marie Jones. But Barbara was a, uh, was a test co-host back when Tracy uh, had her first appearance. I was testing out Barbara to see what she was going to do because I knew I was going to eventually have to replace somebody. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, the show is the show has improved, gotten so much better. Um, you know, we're glad to have her here. Uh, and also, before we get into the show, I got some quick shout-outs. Uh, well, first I want to tell, uh, let you all know you can check us out at blacktopia.org. And you can check out where you can download and install the Blacktopia mobile app on iTunes, Amazon.com, and BlackBerry World. All right. I also want to give a shout-out to Ask Mary Jane. Ask Mary Jane is a blogger. She's, she's kind of like a rhyming poet version of Dear Abby. You know, people write in with their problems, and she answers them. But what she does, she answers them in a form of a rhyme. You can check out that blog at AskMaryJane1, AskMaryJane, the number one, dot blogspot.com. Check that out. I want to give a shout-out to the artist Sincere. Sincere has a new single out called Fuck Do You Know, F-D-Y-K. And uh, that single, you can stream it on the Blacktopia mobile app. And I also want to give a shout-out to Miss Key. Miss Key has a new single called Broken Hearted, and you can also stream the music video on the Blacktopia mobile app as well. All right, enough of me plugging stuff. Let me go on ahead and bring on the host and the guests. All right. Country. What's up, baby? How you doing? I'm all right. I'm all right. How are you? And you know I'm better than that, and I kind of want to answer. What I tell you about stereotyping me and not answering me? One more time. How you doing? Uh, just doing the show. That's how I answer. Okay, okay I'll, I'll accept that mess, but. <laughs> <laughs> I'll accept that. Let's come on, get good morning going. Let's get that good morning going. <laughs> good morning. Good morning, y'all. Good morning. Y'all all right? Yep, you. I'm good. I'm good. Ain't nobody graduated over there. Hold up, hold up, Miss Marie. Ain't nobody graduated right now. 
Baby, let me tell you, my babies, my babies are grown. My oldest child will be 22, honey. And uh, oh. my middle baby, my, well, I will say my my middle baby has completed his first year of college this summer. It's been, a one, it's been one year. I know that's right. So, well, I got one more to go. I ain't going <laughs> Okay, so, so he, he ain't in high school yet. Uh, nope, one more year. Why do I keep thinking it's somebody else that was ready to graduate? I'm just adding on children. That's all right. Baby, it's okay. I wish. <laughs> I'm counting down years. Shit, I I, I just, well, I thought you had a child in elementary school, one in middle school. Girl, I'm just giving you damn children. I mean, Baby, I uh-uh. Don't give me no more. Shit, I'm counting down my life. You know you got some yeah. illegitimate ideas. Stop playing. Shit. <laughs> now, wait a minute, girl. I'm all orange on, baby. I'm... I'm counting down well, years, all right? I'm, oh, I'm, I'm almost my. to the end. You sound Shit, like Ben, because he's talking on about putting it all on. I know you, you sound like Ben. He's talking about uh, his, uh, his time is almost sentenced and served come all your hey. seconds because he, he want me to put a video up here. So you know what? I'm going to say right now, everybody on my Facebook page, <laughs> I am not privy to what that country man do. Y'all think I'm bad? Wait till August 2nd when he make that last $400 payment in his own like chicken bone, whatever he, I'm going to put him on Babe. the video up here, and all Christian folk just don't get up here because Ben is buck fucking wild. And y'all think I'm bad? I get it from him. I've been with him 17 years. Trust me, he going to say a bunch of mess. I'm just going to let it rip, okay? So that might hey. be my testify. I ain't dumb in a minute. I'm just Give saying, I'm preparing you, it ain't my fault. Everybody, right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, okay? I, I'm going to say it now. Because he just want everybody to know how he feel about for 18 years paying $400 to nobody. Okay, so all right. Woo! Congratulations to that brother. Congratulations. Girl, you have no idea. He keeps telling me. If he tell me one more time how many days, how many minutes and seconds he got left, I'm going to punch him in the Baby, face. I know that. You, you let that brother have his countdown, hot damn it. Girl, no. He's off the calendar. <laughs> He counted about a minute. Been some of minutes and seconds as it go along. And then, like, hey. he's somebody who's, you know, into that kind of stuff. No, he's just doing it to get rid of it. 24 days, 13 hours, 17 uh And that's what he say every damn seconds. day, Miss Marie, because he got it on his cell phone. <laughs> Fucking piss me off. I'm going to take that um, phone off there. I'm going to take the uh, clock off. It's telling me one more day saber. telling me. No, it's not. got the Well, uh. Well, yeah, I, I know where Tracy, the gas at? Where the gas? Yeah, let's go ahead and bring on Tracy June. Uh, Is this a rerun? No, yes. it's not a rerun. <laughs> but it might feel like that. It's all new and improved. Tracy June, how you doing? Hi, Jay. I'm fine. Hey, I'm green ass. you've been on. Um, this is how we do it. Uh, Barbara's going to sit you in a hot seat and interrogate you like a cop. You already know how that goes down. Right. Then around 9.30, uh, we'll take some calls. Uh, I'm going to keep refreshing the system just in case it messes up, so we'll go ahead and take your calls. Press 1 if you want to get into the queue. Um, after we take calls, around 10 o'clock, we'll take a quick break. I'll come back 
uh, plug some stuff. And uh, Miss Marie Jones will do a good morning and night segment. Then we'll have some general discussion and uh, some more callers want to ask you more questions about your experience. Uh, then they're welcome to. And then that's the show. That's how we do it. So, okay. uh, all right. So, uh, so are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. All right, Barbara. There, there she goes. All right. That's crazy. Girl, hey, baby. <laughs> this is our second time at this, and I want to thank you. Yeah, she has some pretty green eyes. I want to thank you for sharing this journey with us for a second time. But before we even get into the questions, I want to apologize for last year's interview. Um, I listened to it again over the weekend, and um, in the beginning, I don't think you were given the professionalism that you deserve. The way I do to everybody now as I'm doing it myself, we had some elements that didn't belong in there because people brought their personal life to the mic instead of keeping it business. You don't have to worry about that with Miss Marie. We don't have that issue here. So, again, I mean, I apologize for that. By the end of the show, it popped off and, you know, got interesting. But in the beginning, I just, you know, people didn't take it seriously. And we all here, regardless if it's blog talk, it still deserves professionalism because it's y'all personal time being given. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's fine. All right. All right. All right. right. My first question, how has your journey evolved after prison? And what positive impact has the experience had on those you shared it with? Um, it's it's been it's been fine. It just in the beginning when you come home, you're in the supervised release. I was in the supervised release three years, which is different because with state it's it's probation. Um, I mean it's parole. So you in the state of California really doesn't matter to you like that. But the feds mm-hmm. are different. They put you on on probation, federal probation. So they track. They kind of want to keep a little better uh, track what you do, your computer movement, stuff like that. So the way you're handled is a little different than, than the state system. Um, you can't go, like, to San Diego. You can't go to San Diego. You can't go certain places because of the, the how close it is to the border or whatever. So they kind of they handle you a little different. So once I got off the supervised release, then I was free to do whatever I want for the most part. That's what they say. But, you know, once you, once you get in the system, you're in the system. So, um Still, when you have a, when you have a federal crime, it's a little different when you go to look for jobs because they're not going to touch you for whatever reason. Right. People are afraid of fed, so basically you've got a federal felony. They think that you know you know you've been across the country killing folks and mm-hmm. hard hard sex about. Yeah, but you don't. And the thing is, you some some companies that they don't run the federal background check because it costs more, but other position certain positions they do because you get a large mm-hmm. amount of money, management positions. Um, things like that, they do run that background check for, for the third one. Or you got to get a life scan. I don't even bother with a life scan. If they say you got to do your fingerprints, I know. Well, you know, I, I can't do mm-hmm. it, so I don't even bother. Mm-hmm. But um, other than that, everything's mm-hmm. been, 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 been pretty cool. Well, how did you feel when you got caught sentenced and then that first night? I mean, because nobody really talks about their first night when the doors were locked, the lights were told, you know, the lights out. How did you feel about that, that that first night after being caught and sentenced and locked up? Well, the thing is, is when I was in the uh, Secret Service came out and the postal inspectors came out, it was around January of 2008. So what they did was the girl came out. She interviewed me. I was sitting like, she let me take, you know, they kind of hung around. They searched the house a little bit, not a whole lot. Um, mm-hmm. They had coffee and, and some donuts or whatever that I had at the house. So, so well, they were really pleasant. And they... 
a lot of times it's not what you think. You know, a lot of people think they can, for some cases, they tear your house down and all that. That's when they're looking for mm-hmm. a certain type of crime. Mm-hmm. So what I have, they weren't doing all that. You know, they knocked at the door, we opened the door. Um, she sat me down. I, she let me take the, uh, take the kids to school. We came back. We talked. She said, I'm going on vacation, and I'll be back in April. Mm-hmm. And in April, I'll turn in your paperwork. So you got until April to get your stuff together. And then, I'll, you know, you just meet me downtown, and I'll turn you in. And I'm not recommending that you be detained. So, you know, your attorney's going to file for a bond. You get house arrest until you're sentenced. Mm-hmm. So in April, so I had a couple months. So in April, I, you know, call her. She says, okay, I'm not, I'm not going to issue a warrant. We'll just come on and check yourself in. So that's what I did. But what happened is that at the same time, in the meantime, the states, the, the way the feds got involved is that the states didn't, um, they statute out, so they contact the feds because of the dollar amount. So the feds, feds that's how the feds got involved. Then um, while I was in this whole, pro, this whole waiting process, once the case came up, they took the case information from the federal file and charged it with a state charge too. So mm-hmm. when I was in federal custody, I got a bond. I went to court that day. I got a bond that afternoon. So I should have went home under house arrest. Didn't happen because I had the state charge. I went to a state of MDC, which is downtown. I think it was two mm-hmm. days. MDC for for um, downtown, and then they shipped me to San Bernardino, which also holds federal. It has a contract with the feds to house you. So I'm sitting in the feds there. So I got the bond at the bond after court. They took me to San Bernardino, so I'm sitting there waiting to be released. They released mm-hmm. me out of federal company, straight into LA County custody. So I went from from San Bernardino into into LA County. Well, I was in San Bernardino, Santa Ana, MDC, um, and San Diego. That was my four places I was in the beginning. Wow. Then I, yeah. Then because the feds kind of move you around a little bit for housing, so I ended up moving around for about four days, and I ended up in San Bernardino, which is the worst county jail in the state. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So yeah, yeah. And so I went to. Um, so when I, they released me, I got bonded out of Feds because, you know, the post and post inspector said they're going to bond me out. So, cool. So, but they took me straight down to L.A. because L.A. District Attorney decided to file charges based on the information they got the Feds had. So now mm-hmm. I'm in L.A. County. Now, I get there, I think it was like April or whatever. It's still April. So they don't know what happened with me. So they find out I'm in state custody. So now it's a battle between the states and the Fed on them releasing me into federal custody. That went on for almost a year. I'm going to court two or three times a week. And if you've ever been in, in jail, court line is bend over, open everything up, and you stand there naked, that kind of thing. So I'm mm-hmm. in there while they're fighting over me. Then the state, to hide me from the Fed, shifts me to Chino State Prison, J.I.W. and Corona. And then they shift mm-hmm. me to Chowchilla, which is the state prison in in Fresno and put me in, in max max custody. So I'm on the, I'm on the um I'm in you know where the murderers and everybody are at. So I'm in max custody no. because of their property. So I'm, so this whole process took about about maybe a year and a half. Where mm-hmm. I'm being moved around. I went back to Chino, back to San Bernardino, back to Chowchilla. Until finally, you know, for finally the feds were able to get me out of state custody. And but I when you back. finally got a night, when you finally got a night somewhere, I mean to actually see and breathe and realize what was going on. How did you feel that first night that you actually slept on one of those prison beds? It wasn't so bad because I was kind of prepared for it. You know, I was mm-hmm. I was kind of prepared for it. It didn't it didn't it didn't it didn't, st- it didn't get to me until the movement started. 
Mm-hmm. Because I don't know what's going on because I don't have access to anybody. I don't know what's going on. So when it, the first couple, maybe the first couple weeks, first when I when I probably when I went into LA County custody, that's when I'm like, okay, you know, why am I here and what's going on? Mm-hmm. That that's when it's because the LA County is is is, is bad mm-hmm. too. That's that's a terrible place too because you're locked down all day. Mm-hmm. You don't have access to the phone. You don't have access to anything. So that's that that's where it started to bother me. And I was like, okay. Things are getting hectic now. I don't know what's going on. I don't have contact with nobody. I can't talk to my mm-hmm. attorney. That's when I realized, okay, this is not going to be easy. Cause well, what gave you the idea? What gave? What formulated in your head to commit the crime that you committed? And I mean, and then let the listeners know because a lot of them have these high-powered, expensive security systems like LifeLock and so forth. Let them know that it is still easy with the right mind. Somebody can go in and credit card identity theft them. Um, they have this thing called phishing, and that's essentially what I, what I did. And, and it, the thing with the Internet, it's not a matter of what, it's just asking the right question. You can find anything you want on anybody you want if you ask the right question. So mm-hmm. I, I did, when I first started this, I was in college, and I was using it to pay bills and to get this to, through college. So I had to figure out a way to bypass the, the law. So I looked up the law on identity theft and went around that. So what I did was I found a database, which was RootsWeb, who gave you access to just these people's social security numbers. Bird mm-hmm. birth was that last. Well, just a matter of me getting their obituary. In the obituary, it tells you who they're, who they're, what their maiden name is, who they're married mm-hmm. to, where they were brought up at, where they went to school at. As much information as I needed was in that obituary. Mm-hmm. So then the sites like Zabba Search and People Find It, it gives you everything you need to know. That's essentially what I did. And then there, there's, you know, so when you, like when you go into two stores and stuff like that, they have that custom that customer service number that you go sit in the store and you call them in the store. I used to do that all day. I would make a list of all the the, the credit cards I wanted, to, the social security numbers I wanted to check. I call mm-hmm. from the store as if I was an associate and tell them I need to get an account number. And all they need is your associate number, which is on the receipt of when you buy mm-hmm. something. And they give you the information you need. Once I have that, I can access credit files because I can use that information to verify the identity because they ask you for a credit card, one of your credit card right. numbers. I already know the county. You don't even realize how easy that mm-hmm. is. That's crazy. It is. Easy. Mm-hmm. It is easy. I mean, it's mm-hmm. and, and and so that's how I got the information. Damn, girl. <laughs> you could see how you like why you were doing that, though. Like it's crazy. I know. That's why a lot of people stop putting them in the paper. But while you were doing that, you didn't even think about you might get caught, might not be around your children for a while, or you could be hurt in jail. None of that came across your mind when you were, because by this time you were in the midst of it now. I mean, you're feeling the adrenaline of it. But you didn't you didn't think about getting caught, not being around your kids, you know, getting hurt in jail. None of that crossed your mind while the wheels were turning and you were getting that money? No, no, it, it did. But see, the thing is, before I started it, I was trying to think if the probability of me getting caught was the most they could do to me. Now, the thing with, with identity theft is that it has to be a person. You have to do harm to a person. What defines person? A person is somebody that's alive, right? Because we're alive. So they, there's no identity theft. So that's what, once the identity theft is off the table, it's just a matter of illegal use of a credit card, which mm-hmm. is a six or five sentence. So there's, there's, that the identity theft is off the table. They could, mail fraud is possibly on the, on, the, on the table. But then again, the mail fraud, fraud would apply to, if you're applying damage to a person. The key word is a person. Mm-hmm. There's no damage being done to anybody. There's no victim because a credit card company is a, is a corporation which is not considered a victim because they're insured. Right. So this is considered oh. a blue-collar crime. 
mostly. That's probably why the FBI got involved because it was considered blue collar. It was white. It was yeah, it was considered white collar crime with a okay. use it a um, cyber cyber crime more so. But now, did you know it was a felony? Now, now see, yeah, huh? Did you did she mm-hmm. know? Did you know up front that it was a felony? That what you were I knew, doing? I knew, yeah, I knew up front, but I knew up front the state couldn't touch. I knew the the state if at the most. If at the most, mm-hmm. the state were to charge me. They can't. They can only charge me with the possession of the car. If in fact mm-hmm. they caught me with the car, when they searched my house, I didn't have any car because I had hit them or I threw them away or the ones I had stacked mm-hmm. them and that one I didn't use. So they mm-hmm. they physically mm-hmm. never found one car. So I didn't have. Well, what's the difference in the system then? Because I mean, even with you being there, a free a free woman, you got a lot of women up there, especially black women, talking about how they how they were treated when they were incarcerated. Last year when we did the interview, you said some of the places didn't treat you that bad. Compared now, you know, some years later. How is it different from you being treated when you were incarcerated in prison and how you being treated as a free woman in society now? What's the difference? There's not any difference. I mean, the, th- the thing that it was, because I was, I was probably moved about maybe between 16 and 18 times. I was at different places. So every place was different. The, the county, what you see on TV, that little the whole thing they got going with that show, that's more uh-huh, county. Orange is the new black. Stuff. Yeah, that's, that's, mm-hmm. that's how you, if in fact, you would be treated a certain way. That will be in the mm-hmm. county they that the, the state didn't. The state treated me great. The feds treated me great. It was being in all them county jails that they dogged. Mm-hmm. They dogged you when you went to the. San Bernardino was the worst. L.A. County was the worst. Kern County was the worst. These places treat you bad, but once you get into prison, the the the, mm-hmm. the things that they can do to you is different. In state prison, it, it was nobody complained. I mean, I didn't. I didn't. I was mm-hmm. on a max yard. So did you ever cool. feel hopeless or suicidal? No. Or assist no. anybody who did? Never? It was it wasn't even no. It wasn't that kinda of, I'm not I don't have it was depressing because the thing is I, I didn't see my kids. I didn't know where anybody was at. Because mm-hmm. he had lost her house, he moved somewhere, I didn't mm-hmm. know where he was at. And he wasn't writing the call and so I didn't know what was going on. I had no contact. Mm-hmm. You know, I was housed in Chino, which is ten minutes from where we lived at and still no contact. So that was that was the hardest part. It wasn't you know, I'm tough enough to deal with the shit they did. But mm-hmm. it would bother me the most the fact that, you know, this man didn't bring me see my kids, which and I was right. always accessible. You know, right. Because I asked, I asked to be housed in San Bernardino so that the kids would be close because that's only 20 minutes from where I was living at. Did anybody come see you um, ever? Because, you know, I never asked that question last year. Did anybody come see you? My best friend did. Mm-hmm. But no family? No family? Yeah. Nope. Nope. bothered me more than what was going on. Mm-hmm. That's what was going on because mind you, I had those two months, you know, two three months before when I got when the um, when the Secret Service came out and then the indictment was issued. So mm-hmm. I had enough time to prepare people for what was happening. I had enough time to right. give him enough cushion financially to be able to handle things because I knew at the most they could give me was, you know, I had initially had 15 counts, but I knew those of NHF counts weren't going to count. And how many so, years was that equated with that? How many years? I have 15 counts, and identity theft counts are mandatory minimums. That means for every count you get, everything else stacks on top of it. So they can mm-hmm. give me five of them. That means that's 20 years because they can't run mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. if I got the bell fault or anything else, that stacks on top of that. So, the potential so how many did you actually serve? I didn't get any. I didn't get any of them. I got one count. I ended up with one count. That was mm-hmm. the illegal use of an access device. And now mm-hmm. that held a time I went through the whole process. I was already almost 20 months in before I even, mm-hmm. you know, got, it was two years afterwards I got sentenced. 
So wow. by the time that I got into, into the federal custody to be sentenced, the judge said, you know, the recommendation from the district, the DA was 30 months, and you've already mm-hmm. been in custody for 20 months. Okay, I can't time served. No. Mm-hmm. He, 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 said, he said, I need to get some time off of my, my case. So mm-hmm. I'm going to give you 30 months. You've already done 20 months. That means you'll leave here and go straight into a halfway house. Didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Ended up, ended up, after I got sentenced, I ended up back in San Bernardino, back in Riverside. Mm-hmm. Um, ended up, they, I got shipped back to CIW for whatever reason. I went mm-hmm. back to CIW, then I went to Riverside, then back to San Bernardino, and then at Kern County. And from Kern County, I finally went into the federal camp in Victorville. Now, mm-hmm. mind you, now I'm 22, 23 months in. Get to Victorville, they tell me you don't get released for another two years because my paper got or got screwed up, and mm-hmm. the, the judge didn't commute the time I had already served because of that state thing that was going on. So the mm-hmm. paperwork read that I was 30 months from the time I was sentenced. So two or three more months went by before I finally got resolved that because of my my. Well, do you regret the whole situation in general? Do you ever feel regretful yes. it is? Certain things, yes, because. Um, but for the most part, no, because it revealed a lot of things. It revealed a lot of things about the people in my life and what I value, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and, and me as a person. Because finally, it put me where I'm by myself. Because you know, all my most majority of my adult life, I had I had my kids, and then I'm taking care of my kids. My my, mm-hmm. my dad didn't work, so I'm doing everything. So the pace of what I mean, I'm, I'm working, working, working. I'm went to school for 10 years and I'm working and I'm putting 12 hours mm-hmm. at work and care of kids. So there was no, there was never a point in time where I had to sit and just think of mm-hmm. me. And so a lot of things changed in that process. Now, now, mm-hmm. but I'm in these jails. I'm in these jails and I'm meeting people who I would never, ever encounter in my regular life. Prostitutes, right. murderers, every, everything, everything. So these are my friends. These are people who I am friends with. So did any of them regret their, their crimes, especially some of the women who were there for crimes with their children? Because, I mean, I was looking at um, some of the precepts of the, the show that Orange is the New Black. And for most of the black women, it is becoming a commonplace. And the majority of them is crimes against their children where they allow men or themselves have done some type of violent act against their children. Have you come across any of those women where you were in there? And no. did, I mean, did they even seem remorseful? No, I didn't. I, I didn't. I didn't. I've never met anybody. I think I met maybe one person to abuse their child. But just keep in mind, the Orange is the New Black has them in the federal system. That type of charge is a state charge, so they wouldn't even be in there okay. unless they kidnapped and transport somebody. That's you know they they would never be in federal prison for a child a crime like that. Well, see, this is an inside joke. I got the hang of the sock. But sexually frustrated in prison, despite we know what we see and hear on TV. Give them some of the outlets and vices that you know of the women use to satisfy themselves. They do whatever they got to do, and you got to keep you gotta keep mind. There's a, when I I didn't see it so much on the county jail level, but when I got to to state prison, not even mm-hmm. in federal, I got to state prison. There were some women in there you would never know were women. Never know they were women. The thing with state prison is that you're allowed to wear your regular clothes on the weekend. Mm-hmm. And during times when you're not programming, so a lot of times when I first got there, I couldn't tell. You know, I had some experience with my first time there before I kind of was a little seasoned. 
I couldn't. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, why are there boys? You know, why are there men here? What's that about? Okay. And they're in their regular clothes. So I'm thinking they're visitors. I'm like, oh, okay, that's cool. They let visitors just kind of walk around. That wasn't the case. These were inmates. And so one wow. of my one of my inmates, one of my um, roommates, was was one. Um, mm-hmm. One of the nicest people I ever met. But I used to help her wrap her breast down at night, you know, during the day when she goes out. And she used to show me this. They use socks. They use all kinds of stuff because in prison, in state prison, you can order things out of Stacey Penny's walking horse, you know, whatever you it, – it, it's different than what people think it is. It's not what you think. Um, CDs, TVs, all kinds of stuff. Um, mm. They would order certain type of things to simulate that. And they would use – it's not that you saw because if you stuff a sock hard enough, you can make whatever you want. Yes, I figured it out. I figured it out. (laughs) (laughs) It took me a year, but I got it, I got it, I got it. (laughs) You can tell Miss Marie Ladle. You can tell Miss Marie Ladle, but I figured it out, girl. I did it wrong because I think I put too much water in it for the freezer to let it freeze. So, yeah, I got it right. I got it right. My husband kept asking me, Tracy, why I was buying a bunch of damn packs of white, you know, socks for men. He was like, who the fuck am I buying socks for? And it's not him. So finally I showed him and told him what I did. He told me if I bring another sock in there and pretend like it's him, he's going to hurt me. So I'm not allowed anymore. But I got, I got the gist of it. I got it. Yeah, <laughs> you'd, be, you'd be surprised. And it, it's not it's not necessary. When I got to, when I got to prison, it, was a to, it wasn't even – like you see on TV, they're not really aggressive like that. And a lot of times the, mm-hmm. the women who are like that, they're lifers or they got long, right. a long amount of time. And their disposition is, is not like that. They're not. They're well, not why like do you they, think TV give them that bad break, you know, that falsified persona? Because, I mean, the way you were talking last year, it wasn't like, it wasn't the way we saw at all. I mean, why that false persona? Because it, it sells. It sells. Drama sells and lies sells. If they project, if they projected prison just like it was, even on a state level and a federal level, he would be pissed. Because it, when I was when I was there, we ate great. We have, you know, we you know, if you work out, you can tan, you can do your hair. I would you on laundry day, you put your laundry at the door in a little bag. By the time you get back, your little clothes are washed and back. You know, we had washed and dryer in the in the dorms. We had in federal prison, we had a full beauty salon. I got my hair done every week for some for some vegetables. So. You know, it, it's it's different, but if if society knew how well we were living, and we weren't just eating no bull, we was eating well. You know, we had a restricted diet. Our, most of our food was was made from the the, the culinary school, so it was great mm-hmm. food. Um, we had access to pretty much it, it, it's anything, and the people there are different. You can always tell somebody that comes from prison is their disposition is totally different. Never, yes. never, it was never a fight. Never a fight. I had never mm-hmm. been really get scuffles, but it ain't like what wow. you think, you know. And 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 the you get the best medical care. You don't get mm-hmm. those. It's like if I go to the store and buy some some calcium and some vitamin D, I'm buying some generic because that couch trade is twenty bucks. Wow. They don't do generic in prison. They well, he got some calls. He got some calls waiting for you. And before they get to you, tell us something about Tracy June that we don't know. Um. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I am who I always been. Just that now that I'm a little bit more, I'm not the kind of person that really deals in a whole lot of drama, and I don't, I don't, I don't want to hear a whole lot of drama. I don't do that. You know, mm-hmm. I'm one of those people. And before I would kind of listen to it, but after my experience, you know, when you kind of measure what's 
important and what's not important after experience like that, those shit get under your skin. You know, mm-hmm. don't bother you. And, and that's the difference. So that my perception of, of life is different. And, and that's probably what kind of makes me a little bit more mellow than I was before because I'm not about to be tripping on the stuff that most people do. And they don't understand why. And my experience is why. Because, you know, All right. you know, you know, and that, and I know that's, they and that's, some, that's something yeah, that you say you got some people out there waiting on you. Well, Carlos Country is done with Miss Tracy. Go ahead on and call on in. Ask about the socks. <laughs> or how to do the All socks. Because right. I ain't going to see you. All right. Uh, if you're listening in on the link, call in at 516-387-1219 and press 1. And uh, we're going to get the callers and press 1 first. And you know me. For the ones who are, who are just in here, I'm going I'm to get you out too because I'm hard-headed. All right. Let's start with the caller in the 562. Hold on. Call in the 562-331. You're on the air. Who is this? Hey, this is John Hughes. How's everybody doing out there tonight? Hey, how you doing, John Huey? Hey, John. Good, I'm good. good. I'm, I'm normally I'm only working at this time. I don't get a chance to call in, so I'm I'm, I'm glad I got a chance to call in to uh, hear uh, the the real orange is the new black uh, topic. Uh, I, I do have a a few questions. I want to say shout out. Hey, how y'all? Everybody on the panel doing? No, you know, I don't want to just, you know. Um, but anyway, Tracy, question. Mm-hmm. I have a few questions for you. Um, um, you well, said John, you didn't really regret. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. How many questions you got for us? So we got a lot of people lined up. <laughs> I just got two questions. I got two questions. Okay. That's it. Good, I, good, I'm, good. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna keep them. I'm going to keep them short and sweet. So you said you didn't have any regrets about anything you did. Okay, what was the what was the best thing that by doing what you did, uh, like experience you have? I mean, like uh, from, from a monetary point of view, what was the best thing that happened to you? Well, well not a whole lot because I used the, I used the card to t- pay for college take care of myself and my kids while I was in college. So I had I had a lot of cards, but I was really discretionary on how many I used because I, I wanted to I had already committed myself to not just buying unnecessary things. Christmas time, things like that where I know I didn't have the money, that's when I used them. You know, and I I I regret I regret it what I regret the most about it is that I compromised my, my kids. But in hindsight, because I had those two months when I left, I was like, okay, I'm going to take responsibility for what I've done. But in the meantime, I simply asked that you guys do this. And I had never been away from my kids. So that was where my biggest regret was, was trusting the wrong people with my family. Okay. Because I, okay. I knew at and some point I was going to have to deal with what I'd done. I knew that was coming. You know, okay. And, and my next is more of a, of a current, what is, your, what is your current relationship situation? With a person? <laughs> oh. Yeah, I'm serious. Uh, <laughs> I have somebody. I have somebody. I'm for that now, okay. baby. Hey, I, 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 I know you're so trying to make yeah. a laugh. Come on now. Hey, I, look, I, if, if everybody knows who John Huey is, they know this is the kind of question John Huey would ask. 
you. No, I, 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 right. mean, I, I, just, I was in a relationship for, I mean, I kind of stepped back and, and, and didn't do it. I had been single for four years before I got involved with the person I'm involved with now. But I had just was chilling for four years. So, you know, I said, okay, it's time. And I finally decided to, to open up to somebody, and it's cool. All right. So that was it. That's all I wanted to know. Did you answer my question? I appreciate that. And uh, I'll, hit, I'll hit you back up later, Jay. And you guys, the Black Coaster, have a great evening. I'm out. Thanks, thanks guys. Definitely, John. We're going to take you out with some claps, some hand claps. Definitely. Well, y'all got to come on this show, Beef Nine. We got to keep it professional. Don't be out here asking this lady. She got a boyfriend. She got a girlfriend. She accepting gifts. Any type. Now, look, now. You ask the lady a legitimate question now, y'all. That's a good good radio right there. We can use that. Yeah. Oh, no. Got real quiet. Anyway, uh. Let's go ahead and take the next call. <laughs> so, call in to 870 794. 870 794. You're on the air. Who is this? It's your boy Black Smoke. How are everybody doing? How are you doing, Jay? Black Smoke, how you doing? Uh, I'll make it through. Just trying to make it through the little. Uh... The little problem I had got going on, I'm just not getting myself back on my feet working and everything. So God working with me in serious ways right now. So everything got all good, man. Just wanted oh, to get on the show good. and show some love. That's good to hear, man. I'm glad you're back, back working after that situation, man. I'm I'm, I'm glad to hear things, uh, you know, that, that it didn't get worse for you after that, you know. Nah, I mean, it didn't get worse or none of that besides going to court. And everything they had uh, stopped me from being around my daughter, and you know, I guess that what my wife wanted, and not being around her for two years. So you know, I just felt what God told me to go ahead and do. So I'm just here now. I'm back on track, you know, with my music and everything. And if you, you I know you had a chance to see the video, and uh, July the fourth, I got a movie coming out. Got a little bit to do with the video and everything. So y'all be looking out for that whenever y'all get chance. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Definitely. All right. Well, well Black Smoke, we'll definitely uh, chop it up about that a little later. But uh, let me ask you, do you have any questions for uh, Tracy June or anything you want to bring to the discussion as far as that? I'm, I mean, I ain't get a chance to catch everything, so really I'm just on the show to show love to you and her, you know, and to whoever else on the show, you know. And like I said, you know, I hope everybody have a blessed evening. Okay. Definitely. Yeah, just uh, sit back and listen to the rest of the show. Actually, we have our guest, Tracy June, on. Uh, she served time in a federal prison, and uh, she's basically here to talk about her experience and talk about how she bounced back and got back on her feet after the experience. So that's, you know, what we have here. Okay, then. I, I sure love stay on her. All right. Well, I'm going to just put you back and let you listen, and we're going to the next caller. Thank you for that black smoke. We're going to take you out with a bird, man. Put some respect on my name. You understand me? When y'all saying my name, put some respect on it. <laughs> oh, yeah, respect your name. All right. Okay, somebody, I, I, they hang up. I hate it when they do that. They be waiting, and they be off after. So, uh, all right, for all y'all listening on the link, like I said, call in at 516-387-1219 if you want to join us. And uh, just press 1. 
for the ones who didn't press one, the ones that is in here, you know, hey, I, you know how I do. Y'all got used to me. So I'm going to get y'all too. But since you guys didn't press one and didn't want to talk, I'll respect that. So if you don't say anything, we'll just go on to the next caller and keep it moving. Um, so caller in the 912-492, you're on the air. Who is this? Caller in the 912. Yeah, what's up, James? James, man, street team. James Ellerby, how you doing? Hey, how you doing, man? It's a good show y'all got going on. I'm just keeping it learning, you know what I mean? And what now? Yeah, it's a good show. I'm just wanting, just listening to all the stuff that's, uh, that uh, she's putting out, man. And I just want her to stay motivated, you know what I mean? Hold her head, you know what I mean? She could do it, you know what I mean? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, James. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Okay. Well, everything is good. I just want to holler at you, Jake. You know what I mean? Street team okay, in there, good. you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Definitely thank you for calling in. Uh, well, did, you, did you have a question for Tracy, too, or you just wanted to just say that? I always wanted to say that and then tell her uh, good stuff, you know what I mean? Hold her head. That's, that's, what, that's good what she did, you know what I mean? Definitely, thank you. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. All oh, right. yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> All right, all right. So, uh, all right, we're going to, um, since you're on Michelle T's show uh, a couple of nights ago, I'm going to take you out with a Michelle T instead of a gunshot. All right. <laughs> Hello, right, Blocktopia. <laughs> that was terrible. I need to get a real Michelle T uh, drop. That's what I need to do. All right, let's get this last one, um, and then we're going to talk to you a little more, Tracy. And then we're going to uh, get into our break. Caller in the 704-712. Oh, this one's messing up. All right. Here we go. Caller in the 704-712. You're on the air. Caller in the 704-712. You're on the air. Who is this? Going to the next one. All right. Oh, and the next one hung up. Okay. Like I said, call in. Call in at 516-387-1219. Again, that's 516-387-1219. And then press 1. And uh, just be patient with us. Oh, okay. Here's another one. Let's go ahead and get this one. Caller in the three three six nine zero five. You're on the air. Who is this? Uh, this is Angelica. How's everybody doing this evening? Angelica, how are you doing? <laughs> now, before you speak, Angelica, I just want to let everybody know that uh, we have a street team for Blacktopia, a, a social media street team. James Ellerby, who just got off the line, he's a member of the street team. And uh, for all you listening, Angelica, she's a member of the street team, too. She was called up. So uh, thank you both for calling. Uh, <laughs> all right, I'm going to let you have the floor now. I have a question. Um, when um, you were incarcerated, how did you keep the relationship with your children going? Like, how did that work for you? What kind of communication did you have with them? And how did you keep it built 
been strong between you guys with you being incarcerated? I didn't, and and that was the thing when I when I had left because I had those three months. Um, I thought I set up everything so he would be able to bring the kids to see me and his mother. We brought his mother here from Philly so she can help him with the kids. But that didn't happen. Um, so I, I when I go into custody. It was. I didn't see them until I got got out. But in the meantime, all I could do was write. I would get no response from anybody, not their father, not anybody. So I would just just my friend who was trying to keep me involved as best she could, but she couldn't. So I, there was no relationship. My, at, the, at the time I left, my youngest was three, it was three, eight, and eleven. Um, so it was it was kind of difficult that part because. I didn't talk to him. I didn't see him. I didn't have. I didn't get a picture. I didn't get none of, none of that until I got into when I got to San Bernardino. My friend brought my son to see me, but as far as my youngest and my oldest, I didn't see them until almost two and a half years later, almost three years, thirty months later, until my time was exhausted almost when I was in a halfway house and I got out the halfway house. But when I got out the halfway house, me and the kids went straight into a shelter. So. Um, there was nothing. There was nothing. I I did what I could do by writing. I wrote every day. I wrote at least twice a week, no matter where I was at. But that was all that, that was all that that I could do because I didn't have any physical contact with them. Nobody would bring bring them to see me. Nothing. So that was the hardest thing about the whole thing. Everything else was, you know, I just kind of dealt with because I had no choice. But not having access to my kids, even on a visit, that was what made it more difficult than just the situation. So there, there was none inside of my letters. My daughter, oldest daughter would write me because she was 11, 11, 12, 13 at the time. So. How did, um, when, you were, when you were reunited, how did the conversation go? Like, what did that look like? Because I'm sure they had questions. I'm a mother, too. Like, I'm heartbroken right now just to hear the, um, your story with that. I was just wondering, like, how did that go when you talked to them and they finally saw you, like, were there a lot of questions? Did anybody tell them that you were ever writing or were, like, mistruths told to them? I mean, how did was, that work? There was a lot of things going on. How it went in the first, when I left, you know, I kind of put him in a good position to maintain while I was gone. That didn't happen. Um, another woman got involved. So fast forward the entire time after I got home and was home maybe six months, I was used to ask him, why didn't you bring my kids to see me? And he would tell me, I didn't know where you were most of the time. And I'm like, that couldn't possibly be true because I wrote you every time I was I moved at least twice a week. He said, well, I didn't I didn't get any letters. But my son mm-hmm. tells me every time the mail would come, one day I guess the girlfriend who he moved in, one time she got mad at him and she had a box full of all the letters. And she threw them at him, an entire box full of letters. And he says, that's why we never got your letters because I was addressing the letters to him. To distribute to my kids, so um, it was when I when I got home, it wasn't a whole lot of questions because my youngest was still little. Um, yeah, when I left, she was two. When I got back, she was a little over four. My youngest was still, still little. I was writing to my oldest because my oldest went to live with my sister, so she would tell my son. She would call my son when, his, when he was with his dad before they all were together because at the end they all ended with my sister, and so she was the kind of one the one explaining things to them. So when we got, when I got out, they could care less. They could care less about what happened. You know, they were just glad I was home and that we were together, regardless of the situation when we were together. So there wasn't a whole lot of questions um, in terms of what happened because, mind you, I had that three months. So 
so I, could, I was talking to him the whole time. I was explaining to them what was going to happen, you know, during the three months that I had to get ready. So they they, they understood that. It wasn't. It wasn't. Look, kids are very resilient. They they didn't. I think we we take it harder than they do. They just want us back. And when we're back, then in their mind everything is fine. So they didn't ask a lot of questions. It was just well, when you were gone, this happened. When you were gone, so. But. Well, I can say that um, I'm very proud of you, and um, I'm very impressed. And um, thank you for you know sharing your life with us because I know that um, a lot of people like to leave the past in the past, and they're scared to talk about it or they like to pretend things that don't happen. So you're a very brave woman to come and share your life and be open to questions and criticisms from other people. I'm very um, impressed with that, and thank you very much for doing that. Thank you, Angela. I really appreciate it. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Oh. All right. <laughs> All right, Angelica, thank you for the call. Um. Yeah, I'm gonna, go, I'm gonna take you out with a with a child. Child. Now wait a minute, girl. Tracy, right. do you still use credit cards, or are you allowed, or you know, do they run your social and see that you've been arrested for that? Mm, I can do whatever I want. Okay. I'm no longer on super, supervised release, but you know, they don't, they don't, they don't. Um, I can, I can. So if you want, so you want a, you want a Macy credit card? You can go and get it with no ass. I can, I can do whatever I want. Yeah. Oh my. Mm-hmm. Okay. Once you want, and, and your right. probation officer tell you, when I'm done with huh? you, I'm done with you. And my, my probation mm-hmm. officer said, when we're when you when you know I don't have to, you can do whatever you want when I'm not watching you. Is what she told me. When I'm when you right. off probation, I don't care what you do, just don't get in trouble, just don't mm-hmm. get caught. Is what she told me. She says once you off supervised release, I don't have to babysit you no more. I'm, I got to protect mm-hmm. my job. And my job while you on supervised release is to make sure you stay out of trouble. Right. Yeah. Okay. Do you ever feel like you do you ever feel like you want to do it again? No, no. This it, was, it served a purpose. It, it served a purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I thought it served a purpose at the time. And you know, that, if you that hadn't purpose, got caught, do you think you would still be doing it? Probably not. But see, the thing what I what I what I used I was going to law school when I used it most times to pay tuition. Mm-hmm. I actually had a my kids were little. My two youngest were little. I was using it to buy groceries, to buy diapers, to to pay for bills and stuff like that. I wasn't just, you know, go running crazy doing all kinds mm-hmm. of stuff. I just and it's some, I had so many. A lot of them I just kind of wrapped in a rubber band and hit them somewhere, you know, because I I, I didn't want to go out and spend ten thousand dollars on a bunch of crap. That wasn't the purpose of them, you know. And mm-hmm. well, after I got out of law school and started working, it was really not a need for them. But, uh-huh. So that's why I had to stop. And when the feds finally come in, well, I still had a stack of them hidden in the lining of my purse that they never found. But it was they were so mm-hmm. old, they probably were no good anyway. But, right. you know, if I really wanted to be crazy with it, I could have sold them. I didn't mm-hmm. have a bunch of people. It was just me. It wasn't like I had a you know, a whole team of folks and we just doing that. It was just me, and they had a specific reason. And I was trying to be mindful and not to hurt anybody in the process. Mm-hmm. And but that, you know, even was, though you say, even though you say that it was an end to a means, I mean, I'm looking at it from what you're saying. It ended up having a whole different purpose for your entire life. I mean, because for people that are listening to you speak on it, you know, those that don't want to say it out loud, it's it's it's, it's as if you had a whole nother 
meaning what you did. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, that, that it was something for you to learn. You know, God does things to us sometimes that we just don't realize it has its own whole other purpose. So when people come to you, you can relate because you've mm-hmm. been, you know, some way in that, in that situation. It. Young people, you know, especially the young ladies, to to teach them better than, you know, the things they think they need to do to get back. Because, I mean, without you doing this, would you have still been able to finish school if you oh, hadn't yeah. have done this? Yeah. yeah, there would have been a way. There would have been a way. And, and you're right. You're right. It served, it served a, when I got out, there was a lot of things that happened to me when I was there. And I, a lot, I met a lot of people. So the experience, like you said, God does these things. And it wasn't it wasn't the method that I made it in there. It was what happened while I was there. So there was a lot of things that went on in there that 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 was really unusual because it was outside of the process. I mean, a lot of stuff. I was sent to the whole. I was. I mean, when one I was once we were doing court line where you get cavity search and the lady was fall, old lady was falling over. We stand there naked. The lady was falling over. So I'm trying to hold her. And so mm-hmm. the sheriff get pissed off at me because he told me she told me to let her go, and I said I'm not going to let her fall. So I ended up getting caught up in that. So I'm going to hope for that, disobeying the direct order. But it was just the process of things. It taught me a lot about myself and then the people I met in the meantime because they were so not like me, you know. And, mm-hmm. and because, it, you know, I would, I would meet certain people, then wake up one day and then they move me somewhere else. And I meet some people and become friends with people and learn something. But they would look at your face, though, Tracy, and not believe that you even did that. If you look at your Facebook page, you don't even look like that type woman. They don't even look like your persona. That looks nothing like your demeanor at all to do that. That's why I say, I mean, you know, it had to have a lot of impact in other ways on you as well. Interesting. Most of the women in there were like me. You know, what you see on TV, they make you think it's a bunch of hard, hard chicks. Nope, not at all. Most of them are mothers. Most of them are really, really kind people. And Jared, they just make some mistakes, but it doesn't take away from who they are. They're not, you know, they're not a bunch of thugs in there. It's not even that. They're a bunch of women like me and you that just got in a situation, did some stuff wrong, and and now we 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 kind of be accountable for what we did. But it's not it's not what you see on TV. It's nothing like that. Even in 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 state prison, when dealing with people that have killed, I was on I was on a max security yard, so I'm there with the lifers, and. But what I'm learning from these lifers is, yes, they regret what they did, but they learned to accept their life for what it was. They maximized their moment. And that's what one lady used to always tell me. You know, what I did before is what I did. Now what I'm here for now is to keep the person who's coming through the system from doing what I did. You know, mm-hmm. And that's what they can do. And they've accepted the situation, and, and they learn from the situation. Now they're trying to teach these other chicks that are coming through there and making stupid little mistakes. So... That that's what that's what I kind of got out of it, you know. You live you live differently once you happen once you come out of this kind of search situation. And it's not it's not the it's the people there are very the most the beautifulest woman I've ever seen has been in the, in the in the jails and prison system. I've never seen any women that are more beautiful and preserved than these women. Um, some of the mm-hmm. kindest people I've ever met in my life have been in the system, you know, not on the streets, not in church, in the system because they value life differently than the people mm-hmm. on the street. So it's not, you know, me, I'm a typical-looking person, you know, in prison. There's a lot of me's in prison. You know, I, ha- I have people on my page who I was in prison with. And you would, looking at them, you would never, never know, never know. But it, 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 
it's just a different type of things, and it's just you're you're what you take from the experience, and you come out, and now when people ask you certain things, I can confidently tell people that you survive it. Just go and deal with you know deal with that demon and be done with it. But you survive it. You know you survive. Max makes the best out of, of your time there. Improve your 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 face. Improve your body. Improve your perception of life, because that's what it's going to force you to do anyway. So when you get out, you're a different person because you don't trip on little things anymore. Things that would have bothered you before you got in there, it don't mm-hmm. it don't get to your skin, you know, that much. It serves its purpose, and and, and people see what they see on TV. So when you tell them you've been in prison, the first thing they say, well, you don't look like, look like somebody that's been in prison. Okay, well, what does that person look like? What does that person look like? <laughs> what does that person that's been in prison look like? It looks like me. Wow. Yeah. All right. Well, um, well, yeah, that's, that's a lot of interesting things being said. Um, yes, Lord. Say what? Mm-hmm. That's it. Yes, Lord. You know, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a lot of good things uh, being said. Uh, we're going to go ahead and take a break. Uh, then we'll return. i got some things going to plug. Then Miss Marie Jones has a good morning at night. Then we'll take the rest of your calls. So sit back. You're listening to Blacktopia Presents Roundtable Talk Radio with your host, Father of the Country Cleaning Lady, some guy named Jay and Miss Marie Jones. All right. Let's go ahead and get into this break. Everything signed and sealed. Tell me what you like. 
and uh, he'll be premiering it on my show or on this show, Black Topia Presents Roundtable Talk Radio, next Tuesday. And he'll be talking about uh, all the all the most recent things he's been doing. Um, you know, he's been he's been performing. He's been on tour with Jo Felony, uh, Spice One, and DJ Quick out there in the West Coast. So he'll be uh, joining us to talk all about that. Okay, and then the week after that, the next Tuesday after next Tuesday, we have Ask Mary Jane. Ask Mary Jane, her blog. Uh, you know, like I said, she's a rhyming uh, ask us with the rhyming Dear Abby. <laughs> so definitely check that out. Uh, you know, a lot of people have been hitting the rub, asking, you know, asking for advice, and she's been answering all the questions in poetic form. So we'll have her on the program the Tuesday after that to talk about her blog and to talk about her giving advice and all this other stuff. And, um, oh, yeah. And who we got after that? The Tuesday after that, we have Miss Key. Yes, yes. Miss Key will be here to talk about her single, Broken Hearted. And uh, you can check out the video, like I said at the beginning of the program, you can check out her video on the Blacktopia mobile app, and you can stream it on blacktopia.org as well. So definitely do that. And the week after that, because I pretty much got the whole month, all pretty much the middle of July booked up, uh, the week after that, we have Hustle Bunny. Ooh, Hustle Bunny, you may ask. But I know you know her husband. You may not you may not be familiar with, with Hustle Bunny, but you may be familiar with her husband. Her husband is former bad boy entertainment recording artist G Depp. You remember G Depp? He had those hits, Special Delivery and uh what's the other one he had? Special Delivery and um what's that one he had with Black Rob? That uh Let's Get It was that name of him? Get this money. Anyway, you're G. Depp. Uh, and you all remember what happened to G. Depp. He turned himself in for a crime he did a while back, and he turned himself in, so now he's serving time for that. Um, and his wife, Hustle Bunny, will be joining us to talk about what she's doing and um, and, and basically the, the programs that he that they got set up Um and you know, and just the you know the 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 life that they have, you know, with him being incarcerated and him and her doing her, uh, you know, doing all the things she's doing as far as um, you know, the uh, the media stuff and and this and that. So we'll we'll definitely have her on the program. She'll, program. She'll talk more about that. And um, for all you listening, you can check us out at Blacktopia.org, and you can download and install the Blacktopia mobile app on iTunes. Amazon.com, and BlackBerry World. All right, let me shut up, and let me bring on Miss Marie Jones for good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. All right, what do you have for us uh, tonight? So just a few easy ways to give back to to your community. A few of them are actually free. You know, we kind of cheap sometimes. So a few ways you can get back to your community. Donate blood. Every two seconds, somebody in the U.S. needs blood. And in some neighborhoods, i.e. mine, yours, a few others, 
shit, we need blood every second. So you see the Red Cross in your area, donate. Ain't nothing wrong with that. You scared of needles? You'll get over it. Donate some blood. Another way, Google local area shelters in your city and donate. Um, don't throw away clothes that you don't wear anymore. They ain't got too small. You ain't get that beach body that you was hoping for for the summer. Shoes you don't wear, small appliances. Don't throw that stuff out. Bag it up. Ask your neighbors if they got anything. Friends, cousins, whoever. Y'all got something y'all want to donate? Bag it up and take it down to your local shelter. People are still in need. We ain't out of no recession. It's people that still have a need for everyday things, clothing, toiletries. Take it down to your local shelter and, and donate it. And while you're down there, see if you can volunteer an hour of your time a month, one hour, to help feed the homeless. Should some of y'all spend an hour waiting in line at some knockoff fast food restaurant drive-through? You can spend an hour feeding somebody. Should give them a smile. Should you handshake a hug? Go volunteer some time down at your local shelter. Another way, you know, the brother or sister that's always on the corner selling their CD. They trying to get it out there. Brother done wrote a little book, or he didn't spend a little time making some jewelry. You always pass them off to the side. Fuck that. Spend that five dollars at the brothers that's out here trying to trying to make. You see the kids out here, they do it in Detroit. Kids out here on the corner, they selling water. Let me tell you, I if it's hot or cold, damn it, I'm going to buy water. I'm going to give you a dollar for that damn bottle of water because I would rather support a kid out here trying to hustle up some money instead of trying to rob or shoot my ass. Go ahead and get a baby that damn dollar. You don't need to know it. And the best thing that y'all can do, give back to your community. If you are good at a skill or a trade, hair braiding, shit, baking cookies, you're a mechanic, you're a plumber, shit, you can read. Oh, the class in your community. Get out here, man. You know I know how to fix the shit the sink. Grab a baby and show their ass how to do it. Kids need your knowledge. If you know how to do something, the next person don't. Simply share that knowledge. Each one teach one. And if you have your own business, hire somebody. You can do a little internship. Give somebody a helping hand. We got to get out of that crabs in the barrel mentality. Hire somebody. Give them a job. Summer job. In summertime, kids out of school, shit, get, get them a chance. That's my good morning at night. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Good morning. I wasn't even ready for the, uh, the sound effect. Good morning at night. <laughs> All right. We're going to go ahead and take your calls. Uh, if you're listening in on the link, give us a call at 516-387-1219 and press 1. Again, that's 516-387-1219 and press 1. And uh, we have our guest, Tracy June. Um, all right, let's go ahead and take this call. I believe I know who this is, but we'll, we'll let the person say it. Hold on one second. Let me uh, bring everybody back on right quick. Okay. Call in the 313-352. You're on the air. Who is this? Hey, what's going on? Peace. You already know who it is. Jocks here. God damn it. Put some respect on my name. You understand me? That's Y'all right. saying my name, put some respect on it. <laughs> That's right. Put some respect on my name. Respect. Um... <laughs> 
I will um I wanna begin by um by uh commending um uh, Tracy June for um for um you know, it's hard for me it's hard for me to, to put in words um how to uh commend a fellow ex con because um we don't necessarily want to be commended. We don't necessarily want to even receive accolades for making our way through the prison system because that's really nothing to be proud of. I mean, although we, although most of us who have went through the prison system and came out um, with a positive um, mentality, you know, we, we did so um, with difficulty, especially if we did, if we did some years. Um, any type of, they say any type of time is bad time, but, when you've done when you have done years in a prison system, whether it's in state or federal prison system, it's a very difficult ordeal. Um, so I would like to commend her for uh for being strong through that ordeal and coming out with a positive mentality and a positive state of mind because she could come out um a whole other way. And we all know um as cons who have came out that whole other way. Secondly, um, you know, I listened to um part of her interview, uh, I was, you know, transitioning from work, but I will say this. Um, there, there is, a, there is a, 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 a huge misconception about people who have been in prison, uh, specifically how we did our time, um, what we did to get through prison, what others experienced while, while, living, a, um, while living a prison lifestyle, et cetera, et cetera. You know, I find it um, I find it very troubling and very disturbing that so many people on the outside have these misconceptions about prison life based off of what they heard or what they watched on TV. Orange is the New Black is not a, um, is not a proper perception of what prison life is. Um, Oz is not a proper perception perception of what prison life is. I'm going to tell you what a popular perception of what prison life is. And you played it during the break. Benny Siegel with What's Your Life Like, Part 1 and Part 2. You didn't play Part 2. That's a proper perception of what prison life is. It's a, it's a very miserable, um, disturbing, upsetting, disappointing, uh, um, depressing experience, um, and everybody's experience is not the same. Everybody's experience is not the same. Just because old boy done went through there and he was, he, was, um, he was raped all the time doesn't mean everybody who has spent five or, years, five or more years in prison has been through that experience. Just because, just because old boy in prison was the prison man doesn't mean that everybody had it easy in prison. Prison, for the most part, is an individual experience, and each individual, and, and and it's a territorial experience, meaning that prison in Michigan won't be the same as it was in Virginia. Prison in Virginia won't be the same as it was in Alabama. State prison won't be the same as federal prison. It's all ran differently, but it's difficult to express the difference and get people to understand who has never walked in those shoes. There's one thing in his stories. But it's another thing to actually experience. And I find it very difficult to um, express the actual experience to people who have already been influenced by these glorious stories about being in prison. And when I say glorious, I mean glorious in terms of a good thing. I mean glorious in terms of they glorify the prison experience. 
they make things seem um, more glor- um, more glorifying than what they actually were, you know. And I don't and I don't like that, you know. My personally, my experience in prison, the years that I did, look, it was difficult, it was hard, it was full of depression, it was full of letdowns. I, I never experienced any type of um, any type of violence towards me. I never experienced any types any type of um sexual advances towards me or anything like that. But that doesn't mean the next person has. I'm just saying that my, my personal experience in in the territory, Michigan, um, that I that I did my time in, state, is different than if I would have did it in federal prison, you know, somewhere else. So, um I commend you for for sharing your stories because it it might help enlighten others in terms of what their experience what their experience was like and what the transition and adjustment period is like when you come home. So I commend you. You keep up the good work. You keep doing what you're doing. I, I'm not gonna sit up here and be like, "Let's well, do what you gotta do to stay out," because you already know. You already know. And just continue to stay positive and progressive. And you and just know that you have people who support you out here, like myself and all the other people on this show. That's it. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, well, thank all you right. so much. Appreciate it. No problem. Oh, yeah. Definitely, definitely John Smith. Thank you for the call. And uh, we definitely appreciate you, as always, you know, calling in. He's right. He's right. Yeah. Everybody's experience is different. Everybody's experience is different. Oh, yeah. Um, and uh, we got another, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. We got another caller. Uh, caller in the 704-712. You're on the air. Who is this? Hi, this is Tamika. This is Ship. Hi, everyone. Yeah, how you doing? <laughs> I'm so fine. <laughs> um, now, Chip, you know, recently, what was that? I'm oh, sorry. Chip, my bad. I didn't mean to cut you off. I was going to say, before you okay. get into what you're going to say, I want to properly introduce you up for all you listening. Tamika Ship, she's an admin in Blacktopia. She's one of the admins. So uh, definitely shout out to her. Um you know, the group Blacktopia. For all y'all that's not in the group, definitely search the group Blacktopia, Black Utopian Society, and uh, send a request to the group, and we'll add you on in And uh, to make a shift on the admins. All right, I'll shut up now. It's uh, You got the floor. <laughs> but, uh, this has been a really good show. I mean, it's very, very interesting, and I commend Tracy for coming forward with, you know, sharing her story. Um, I'm just so impressed with her, you know, uh, sharing her story. Um, she's very, a very co- courageous woman for sharing her story. But um, my thing is, um, one time I met a guy, like, two years ago, he had went to prison, and he had told me he made 10 years. So automatically I judged him because the first thing, my first mistake I made was telling my friends. The first thing they said was, oh, well, you know he's probably gay or been with another man because he's been in prison. So I stopped dating the guy because I was going by what everybody else told me. And he was like, everybody went to prison, you know, isn't, you know, gay. He said that's a misconception. And what um, the young man said earlier, sometimes we go by what we see on TV and we go by what other people say, and sometimes that's just a, a delusion of what we hear on TV and what other people say. And I, you know, stopped dating him because I was listening to what my friends told me. And, um, you know, and sometimes that could, you know, they could have been the best person for me, but he's just a person that made a mistake. 
So everybody makes mistakes in life. So, um, you know, I just think that, um, you know, that that's wonderful that what you're doing, you know, and like I have a cousin right now who's in prison now, you know, he's been in prison like ever since he came out of high school and he's 47. Now I told my cousin, I said, you know, you're too old to keep being in and out of prison. I mean, from 18 years old up to 47, you know, some people never learn. Now, I don't feel sorry for people like that to keep doing the same thing over and over and over and keep going back over and over and over. You know, at least, you know, you should learn your lesson. You know, and I, you know, I commend anyone that learned from their lesson and, and, you know, and don't keep making the same mistakes over and over again. So, you know, Tracy, I just, uh, I want to ask you a question. Uh, do you have a book out or do you have a book out? No, no, I haven't, I haven't done that yet. <laughs> Are you thinking about writing a book? Um, Probably, probably. I, I think that will be yeah, I think that will be really good if you, you know, I think that will be really good, you know, you write a, if you wrote a book because you probably would touch so many other women that's, you know, been in your same situation and, you know, you can inspire other women as well. Um, let me ask you, um, do you, have you ever did any, um, you know, been a speaker or any, you know, any, been a speaker or any churches to reach out to people that's been in prison or, have you visited other women in prison as well and, you know, told them about your success, how you was rehabilitated after prison? Yeah, I did a couple of things um, through the the halfway house because a lot of people come in, in, in the halfway house, they've been gone for a long time and, and, and to try to transition from being in a structured environment because prison is very structured um, to get into an environment where now you have to think for yourself because in prison – they, you have a counselor, and they orchestrate almost everything you do. They mm-hmm. program, you work, you come back, you know, you do what you do, and, and it's consistently like that. There's not too much deviation from that. So you don't have the distractions or the stressors of regular life. You don't have bills. You, you mm-hmm. earn money. You don't have a lot of expenses because your food is free. You know, almost every, especially in federal prison, they make it really, really, if you're in a camp, because mm-hmm. you're not gated, camp is not gated, Um mm-hmm. They have gyms. They have things like that. So it's a, it's a there's no stress, and that, and that may be the reason why coming out of prison, women look so great, you know, because they don't have that stressor, and all their time is their time, and everything is basically laid out for them. So coming into the halfway house, some of these people have been gone ten, twenty years. They computers, cell phones, just basic things that we, out normal people who haven't been in custody, mm-hmm. take for granted. So when 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 I first got um back and then for a few years afterwards because our probation mm-hmm. officers need you to get involved and, and, and help help even with the men. You know, they don't they don't know nothing. But that's mostly what I come in just to, to let them know you just transition from being where you're at right now. You're free after been locked after been down for ten years. Now you're now you're in a different environment. You gotta learn to ride the bus. You gotta learn how to, you know, use a cell phone. You gotta learn how to communicate differently. So that was one of the things because I hadn't did a whole lot of time. I had mm-hmm. to I first got home, I focused more on women who had been gone a long time and trying to get back, and men who had been gone a long time, trying to get back into how to even use a library because now the library systems are different. And um, so that was the most most the things I did. The entire time I was on probation, I did this, and some afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's mostly what I focused on because I saw how a lot of people were struggling when they first got home and didn't know what to do. They, they didn't know. They don't know. 
it's different when you deal with people who are on the outside and who have been on the outside and you're trying to keep them from going inside. Then, exactly. You know, it was, and so that, that's more where I had focused on because that's where I was, it was experience. Yeah. You know, I, it, was experience, it was experience-based that I was teaching on. And, and, and it made a big difference, and, and that's something I would rather rather stay with. So, Yeah, I think that's awesome. And, like, when you first come out, um, how is it? Because I know one time I had a misdemeanor on me 10 years ago, and it was hard for me to get a job. And I talked to people. Now I have friends, a few friends that, you know, went to prison, and I don't judge them and listen to other people, you know, because it's your character that, you know, that make you who you are. So people make mistakes, but I know I have two friends that went to prison, you know, they've been out for a long time, and they say when they first got out, it was hard for them to get a job. And then, you know, being an African-American, you know, they already discriminate against you being black, mm-hmm. and then if you got a criminal record, how was that a challenge for you when you first got out um, of prison and, you know, you're trying to find employment? When I first got out, because it's a federal felony, and federal felonies sit differently than state ones, you have to look for it as an employer because it's different mm-hmm. type of check that they check for. Entry-level positions, they typically just do a general background check, which is state and local, um, for certain positions that have certain type of jobs. They're going to do a, an additional check for federal. But for the most part, you got to keep in mind, some, when you go to the federal system, you're going to be down for a minute. So by the time you get back, you already passed that statute that people are looking for. You're past the seven years because you've been down seven years. So essentially you've got to clean everything, clean credit, clean, clean background, clean everything. And that's what a lot of times when I was telling them, if you're not comfortable, if you're comfortable with, with not disclosing it, don't tell them. Don't give them those crumbs because it's not going to matter. If they don't ask you specifically, you know, they'll say the last seven years. If you say no, you ask it honestly. But, but if you're not, if you think, you know, it's, it's going to be an issue, then don't put it on there. Leave it blank. Um, right. And 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 that was that was a lot of things that if you're dealing with somebody who's been down 20 years or 10 years or whatever that that that's, they don't know these things they think they got they're trying to be honest they're trying to you know they're nervous because they don't want to go back and they don't want to violate probation they don't want all these things so exactly for me, for me it wasn't an issue until it just depend on the job that I was applying for that mm-hmm. that that it mattered and some of the jobs didn't really matter you know and I was doing a lot of freelance work so it didn't matter anyway but. What I would tell people is that just, just keep in mind the type of positions you're applying for. If you're going for a management position, they're going to check. If you're going for a job with Hurt as a customer service, they're not going to check, you know, not right. at that level. But if you get promoted, they're going to check. So just keep that in mind when you're moving amongst the system. But if you've been gone more than seven years, don't make it an issue. You know, I'm, I'm, yeah. I tell them honestly, you don't, I wouldn't put it down there. I would check now. You know, get that little work experience under your belt. If it's, if it's an issue later, then deal with it later. But in the meantime, you just walk out the door of prison. You need to do something. You need to do something to get your 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 foot back into living a normal life because it's it's hard. The dynamics of the work environment has changed too. If you've been gone 20 years, you don't know what it's like to use a computer. Right, exactly. You know, even with warehouse work, you know, it's still computer-based and electronic-based. Mm-hmm. But the thing about prison, especially in federal prison, they teach you a whole lot. People don't know. You can get a master's degree. You can get a Ph.D. in prison, and they pay for it, you know, because you have Internet access to prison. You have Internet access to federal prison. You have limited Internet access, you have email. You know, you have those those type of things. So it's not, you know, the perception of that you go in there and you just chill. No, you have the opportunity to get degrees. You know, you can get licenses, certifications. So you could come out with, with all kind of credentials if that's your choice. 
they teach you get forklift certifications, you get all kinds of, you know, machinist license, you get all kinds of things, and you work in this. So technically, you work for the BOP, the you know uh-huh. the Bureau of Prisons. You're technically an employee because they're who paying you. You get paid by these people. They ain't paying you a dollar, but they're still paying you. So that's your employer. You got a certificate, which comes from a legitimate college that they contract with. So a lot of times I tell people, don't don't dis, dis, you know disregard that experience that you had. You worked at the job in the sanitation for 20 years. You know, so exactly. that's really good too. You know that, that they have those opportunities. You know that you can get your degrees and stuff. They have programs for people. You know to come out of program. You know prison and help them get jobs. So I think that's really good. You know, I appreciate you allowing me the opportunity to ask you these questions. And, um, you know, you continue on your thing, and I wish you uh, much success in the future. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you all. You all have right. a good night. You too. Take care. Uh-huh. Good night, Tamika. Yep. Good night. Y'all finished or y'all done? I ain't got no more talking. She <laughs> <laughs> ain't got no more talking. All right. Thank you for that. Okay, I'm going to continue to listen to the show. Okay, okay. I'll just put you back. I'm not going to. All right, I'm going to put you back, ship. All right, we got one more caller, uh, I think. But if you want to go ahead and call, we still got uh, 30 minutes left. If you're listening in on the link, call us at 516-387-1219 and press 1. Again, that's 516. 516- Three eight seven one two one nine. Press one. All right. Go ahead and get this. Uh, get this one in right quick. Caller in the nine one two five zero nine. You're on the air. Who is this? Oh, this is Justin Tony listening in. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, is Justin Tony. Yes, sir. Hey, Soul Quest. <laughs> All right, man. I'm, I'm gonna let you. Uh, Sit back and listen. All right. Thank you for listening. Okay, it was Justin Soulquest Tony. We had him on the uh, program a couple months ago, you know, to promote his book. Uh, all right. Well, uh, well, Miss Marie, um, you had additional questions you wanted to ask, Tracy? You know, I just really, she had mentioned that a lot of the um, places she I went to used to offer the programs to help you with school. Mm-hmm. If you have a trade or something when you come out. The, the, one of the sad realities is that a lot of prisons, um, they don't offer that now. They don't even offer a GED at some point. Like, there's no school. There's no come out. You just come out. They're not even offering, like, rehabs to help people get reacclimated with society um, after they leave prison. So where that used to be a great benefit, should they just let people back out? Just it depends. It depends on the on the state and the and the facility. Um, I know I know yes. the um, state of California. They have a program because it, prison industries of America um, employ a lot of a lot of state inmates. They yeah, the tobacco. Mm-hmm. Right. Tobacco mm-hmm. farming is done by prisoners. There's a uh the number one provider of prosthetic dentures and stuff is, is the prisoners, the in, the inmates make those. And um they get a certification so when they come out they can come out as denotechs and stuff like that. So just it's state is just state funded and it depends on what state that 
their system that they're in. The federal system gives you everything you need, so no matter where you're housed at, different universities to allow the kid, the, the inmate to go to school online and get a degree, and he can get as many degrees as he wants, and he doesn't pay for it. So it just if you choose to do it, it's there. It just depends on where you're in custody at. Some places just don't have the funding for it, so they don't offer it. And a lot of the inmates, they offer the drug treatment programs, and then that's it. And when they're done, they release them and don't have any follow-up care for them or any programs to help them stay off the drugs. So, yeah, you're going to be off the drugs while you're in there sometimes, but what about when you get out to keep you from coming back? And the thing, what I, what I would ask some of the girls that was in it when I was at the state, they have been back four or five times. I'm like, well, what's the draw? What's the draw? Why you keep coming back? You know, right. and the main thing was a lot of them said that their family was there, and, and I kind of could see that because you get really close to people. You get really close to these people, but you know, some of them just didn't have family on the outside. They come there and their family there takes good care of them. They can clean up. They can they can be, you know, they're freer. They're not judged in there. That's one of the things that, that, that it's one of those places people don't, they're not in a position to judge you, so they typically don't. So that was the thing that I was kind of, when I first got there, I'm like, why are you keep coming back? But it's the way they make set the system up. It's easy to right. survive. Right. Know, so the recidivism rate is high. Yeah, it's it's real high. You know, when you get accustomed to, you don't have to come out here and hustle and grind for three meals a day or a place nope. to lay your head. Nope. Um, it's given, and so that mm-hmm. kind of cripples. Like you want to go, you want to come home, but you also need something to go home too. Right, and a lot of them don't. A lot of them don't have family. Their families don't. You know, they 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 look look down on them or they're judgmental, and then they but they go they come to prison and they they don't they have the people that are in prison who who accept them for who they are and they and they just it's just it's just an extension of their family and that's why some of them girls come back and they keep coming back they know they're not gonna get a lot of time but they come back and do a couple of years and leave and they realize you know they don't have they don't have any bills I mean they feed you well in prison they take care of you you can work out they have workout machines they have big screen TVs you. You know, if you want a TV, you can buy one and have one in your in your bed. You order makeup, regular makeup from the regular places like everybody else. So they don't make it that difficult. That's the difference. And people don't know that because it takes to house a one-state inmate is almost $2,000 a month. To house a federal inmate is $5,500 a month. So to house a, an inmate, you're looking at almost $40,000 a year. Most families wasn't eating like we were eating. Definitely not federal prison because we, we was we had Sunday brunch with soda machines and salad bars and you know and I have was, a huge I have a huge problem with that because in Michigan it costs about thirty grand to house mm-hmm. one prisoner but for public school funding per student it's a little less than six thousand mm-hmm. dollars and the so they're almost and and here in Michigan there is no there's no classes, there's no we're going to get you a trade or anything like that in Michigan. And we have some of the harshest laws, the longest sentences in the country. And so they literally are breeding the kids to get ready. It's the school-to-prison pipeline. So you act up, we got a place where you're already ready. Mm-hmm. And we're going to take good care of you while you're there. Mm-hmm. And they're going to take good care of you while you're there. Most of the time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what I was telling so if before. I was like a a benefit, like, oh, okay, well, shit, if I go to prison, I'm good. Yeah, and that's what I was saying last feed time. Feed me, clothe yeah. me, shit, I'm good. Mm-hmm. Give you education, give you whatever you need, and and the thing is, if you if you do more than two years, you get in get full new whole new dentures. You get brand new dentures, which look better than your regular teeth. 
So and you don't pay for another form. They, the medicine they give you is the best medicine. You know, I, I was in there, and they were getting, give it, girl had glasses. I'm like, oh, those are nice glasses. Did you get those from home or whatever? It's like, no, I get these in the, in the prison ophthalmologist. You know, and that's and, and, damn and, and that's what I was saying. I said people would be really pissed if they knew how they was living. Cause I was really shocked. I'm like, you know, the way we eat, we ate good. It was just crazy. I'm like, if people knew how we was living, families don't eat like we ate. Families don't have the things that we ate. We didn't wash clothes unless we wanted to. If not, we just put them outside the door and somebody washed them for us and brought them back to us at the end of the day. So I'm like, I, I can kind of see how people keep coming back. You know, mm, having, mm, you know, mm. so because life, like, it wasn't that bad. You know, it wasn't that bad. You know, so the county jails, yeah, that's the worst. But once you get in the system, federal system was, was like a vacation. It was really like a vacation. I worked out every day. You know, I got my wow. hair done once a week. I worked in the in the in the in the cafeteria, so I made like fifty cents an hour. What did I need fifty cents an hour for? I mean, for the most part. So I had money to make my phone calls. I got to use the internet. I communicated via email, so I really didn't have to call anybody. Cause we had okay, to know where where was you at? Because I'm gonna need to go commit my crime in that state. Where where was? Uh, just, Victor, okay, uh, Jay, make sure you edit that part out. Don't don't put that on there. Don't <laughs> make sure you edit that part Ooh, out. Wow. Uh, I don't want that. Mm-hmm. I don't want all all of that. All of that. All of that. But I don't want that like following that. me in the court of law. <laughs> But, and that and that's my thing, and then that kind of I mean, even though I was like, okay, I, I was cool because it was cool, but I'm thinking to myself, as a consumer and a taxpayer, you know, looking at that angle, I'm like, yeah, I could see where a regular taxpayer would be kind of pissed because why would you commit a crime? You living better than some families, and that was the truth. We ate well. Morning, we that's had right, dinner. girl, child. Mm-hmm. And that was my next question. Do you, because you have an opinion on, on prison reform? Like, do you think that we're pouring too much money into yeah. the prison system? Yes, and, and because it, this is saying because, because they make it so easy, you know. So you got people going back, back, keep going, keep going back. Because like she was saying, the girl was saying, her cousin keeps going back and forth. But I understand. I understand why he is. He has no responsibilities. He don't have no gas bill. He ain't got no lecture bill. He ain't got no working kids. He ain't got to worry about doing right. nothing. TV, you you program for five hours a day, yeah. then you the rest of your time is yours. You can work out, you have some dinner after dinner, you can just chill. You know, there was girls who used to lay on the grass and tan, and it it was just crazy to me how easy it was. And once you get out the county system, the little housing system, once you get to prison, it's easy on both levels. I thought, well, maybe it was just because it was state prison, I got to federal prison, and it was even easier in the state because we weren't gated. It was just chilling, you know, and, and it was it was just really different. And I thought the first thing I thought to myself, the taxpayers would be pissed if they knew the truth. Mm-hmm. But then you look at these shows. Why are they making the prison seem like it's such a bad place? Because they don't want you to know this is really how it is. It's really not like this. It's really much nicer than this. You know, we would have our, our, our clothes, we would our work clothes with just a green uniform. And but mm-hmm. we could taper those uniforms so they look nice because we had sewing machines, we have access to sewing machines. We had access to get our hair done, and we can, you know, wear regular tennis shoes. We just order them. You know, it's really, really, for me, I was shocked because I had heard stories, but I never experienced that was really that like that. You know, I came out looking great. You know, hair grew five inches, skin cleared up, my body was on point. I came out looking great. I'm like, well, you know, it was just, it was just, and a lot of the women there, 
look great. Mm-hmm. You have some women that have been down for 20 years, and you would never know they were more than 20, 20, 22, 23 years old, and they in their 40s because there's no stress. How did, um, how did your family, did they, when you went in and you came home and they knew, you know, they knew, you know, what you did and why you did it, how did your family treat you? Like, did they have any remorse? Gosh, I wish we would have did more to help. You know, why didn't you say anything? Did you get any flack from your family? Not really. Not really. I didn't really, their whole demeanor was different because they didn't have any contact with me either, which was odd, but they didn't really, Mm -hmm. you know, you know, they really didn't do, they didn't help. None of them bought mm-hmm. my kids a CD either. None of them stood in my, you know, in the gap to kind of help get, you know, buffer what I was going through. So, mm. which was, and then when I got home, I went straight from, all my family is here for the most part. I only mm-hmm. have a couple of them that are not here, but I went out from the halfway house straight into a shelter. There was no reason why me and my kids should have went into one shelter, two shelters, mm. three shelters, because mm-hmm. all my family appeared. So you don't have to say to me how you feel and you're showing me. You know, it's not like I was the first person in my family to go to prison. It just happened mm-hmm. to be their, their opinion of me. It was a personal thing, even before prison. You know, they, mm. I kind of, I, I don't, I'm not, a, I don't like drama, and I don't deal with people who got a lot of drama. And my family was drama, so I stayed away from them. So, you know, on the back end, I had to deal with that relationship because I didn't. So that they were holding the fact that she kept, you know, she she ain't part of the little clique that we got going on. They like to talk mm-hmm. about each other, so we want to keep her alienated. And they did that, and they did that. So me and my kids, it was just me and my kids, and, you know, we went from shelter to shelter, relative house to relative house who would take us, and we'd get there, and they want to act funny or whatever, you know, but. How are your children time. now after the experience has happened? How are your children now? My mom, they're cool. They're cool. My oldest is in college. I have a, I have a 10-year-old. She's cool. My youngest is a star football My son's a, he's a star football player at Centennial, you know, and, 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 and they're cool. They're cool. So, but. Did they ever verbalize any concern, or how did you handle the question? When I, when I, when I, before I left, because I had the three months before I left, so before I even left, we talked about it. We talked about it because I had a general idea how much time I would get. So we t- before I even went to prison, they knew what to expect. They didn't expect their father to respond that way, but they knew what to expect. I'm going to be gone for this amount of time. I'm going to write you. And you'll hopefully, you know, he'll bring you this. She was supposed to bring him them to see me every couple of weeks. I make sure I'm housed close which I was. I made sure I was housed within 20 minutes away, you know, and, and but he didn't what do What did he, he do, do with the letters? What did he ever do with the letters? The girlfriend who he moved into the house after I left, she was keeping the letters because they were addressed to him. I would write the kids letters and I'd put them in, put them up with their names on them and stick them in an envelope and address them to him. So I guess she's thinking I'm trying to communicate with him, which I didn't have any interest in communicating with him. I just wanted, he's, I wanted to, him to distribute the letters to all the kids. So I was sending them to, to the house. And she would take the letters and hide them. So my son told me maybe a year later, do you remember all those letters she sent? She's like, one day she got mad at my dad, and she had them all in a box and poured all the letters on it. You're talking about two years worth of letters. Because he moved to her in not too far after I left, maybe a month maybe a month after I left. So she had been keeping the letters for almost two years. That's why when, I, when it was time for me to get sentenced, the judge said, Tracy, um, make sure she's in the let me sure you get um Letters from your kids and stuff like that, and I'll, I'll take that in consideration. This is what the judge is telling me. So I'm telling, I'm writing him like crazy. Have the kids send me letters. Have the kids send the letters to the court. Here's the address. It's the judge's name. The judge never got one letter because she never gave him the letter that I gave to him because she, mind you, she hired him in a box. 
So when I asked him about it, why didn't you have the kids send me the letter? I never got any of those letters. I felt some kind of way against him. But then I find out he 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 wasn't lying. He he did didn't never got up, you know. So, but I wasn't. I didn't come out mad or anything. I was just happy to be free. <laughs> you know, you, you kind of approach things differently when you, when you go in that situation and come out. You know, people wake up every day and they're miserable and they 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 got these little chips on their, their shoulder and they have all these problems. But I'm thinking, you could be locked up. You could be in shackles right now, being shuttled off at 4 o'clock in the morning and go sit in a, a holding cell for 12 hours. You know, you, you could be waking up on a piece of metal because that's what you, we slept on. We slept on a piece of metal when we was in county jail. So, you know, so you're, you're kind of, these experiences kind of changes your perception of what to, to what's important and what's not. Because none of that stuff is important. It's not, it doesn't matter if I have a car or not. You know, it doesn't matter to me if I have a whole lot of money or not. Because I'm I'm free. I have I have free will. I can make all the changes that I want. I can learn what I want. I can interact when I want. I can deal with things. Where I don't have to. I have a choice. I'm not forced to do anything. Because you still, when you're in the system, you still got to comply. You know, being on probation, you still got to check in no matter where you go, or the feds gonna come get you. You know, so it's just a little what, a little. what advice would you give to someone who's thinking about doing what you did? No, it's not worth it. There's other options. There's other options. Just take that same the same mentality you take in and the energy you put into to devise in the scheme to do something wrong. Take that same mm-hmm. energy and, and and put it into creating a business for yourself, a small business or a, or, or an app or, or something. Take that same energy because it takes the same amount of energy to, to, to put into to scheming to do something devious, program, a blog, a, or a, a business, or even design T-shirts or think of a way to make something either. You can do it because it takes a lot of work. On the back end, it, it's going to cost you time. At some point, they're going to catch you. You're going to get caught. It doesn't matter when you get caught. In maybe five years, maybe ten years, maybe twenty years, somebody stumble on you, or you, you know, especially now with the, the system that the criminal identification, they can catch you by a fingernail. So they got to keep in mind, you, you're not gonna get away with anything. You may get away with it for a minute, but if it's worth anything, you're gonna do it mm-hmm. to a magnitude to where it's gonna leave a leave an impact on something else, and they're gonna find you and they're gonna deal with you. And it might be a time when you just have a new baby. I mean, my kid was two years old. That was the worst time for me to go get. Mm-hmm. You know, so 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 with that same kind of because it's a lot of work. It's like if you could sell drugs, you could sell anything. You know, if you could think of ways to scam people out of money, you could think of ways to 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 make a, a to have a business of your own, a marketing business or a sales business or you know selling a product or something. And, and it's and it's not it's not worth what you would lose on the back end, time on the back end, and and why you serving that time the dynamics of your life is going to change because the people on the outside still got to live without you. The woman that you left, she may not be there because she still got to live without you. Would you do it any differently? Looking back, would you do it any differently? I wouldn't have done it. Looking back. I wouldn't have done it. I would have found another way because I, 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 looking back now, it's like I'm not, I mean, I've learned a lot, but I'm still the same person. So the same, the same energy I put in to try to figure that system out, and I put a lot of energy into what I did because I had to research it. I had to look at the law. I had to, you know, I would to, to do one name, to to find one name and get one identity. 
took me two, three hours because I had to do so much research on it. If I took that same two or three hours, if I did mm-hmm. that three times a week, you're talking about 10 hours a week into doing something resourceful, I could have took care of myself in college. I could have wrote letters. I could have wrote, I could have wrote articles and made $100 an article, you know, because I still have the same ability to write as I did then as I do now. So it, 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 I didn't have to do it. It was a choice because it was a lot easier. And sometimes we get in situations where easy is better. And once I got the, the system down and I realized how easy it was, there was nothing for me to do it. So I got comfortable with that. Oh, well, I need, I need to go. I want the kids to have a big Christmas, so let me just grab one of these, you know, get a credit card. I get a credit card. I got a $10,000 limit on it, so everybody having a great Christmas. You know, so, and it was just that easy. But then it, then it devalued the, the how it affected my kids. My kids got everything they want, so now they have no value. Then they have no value for them. So, mm-hmm. I have, then, you know, so, so the dynamics of it and everything that surrounded it, surrounded it, it could have been handled differently. You know, let them struggle. Let, let, let myself struggle, and I'd appreciate my degree a little better. I'd appreciate how hard I work. Mm-hmm. You know, it, we do some things to support the baby, so we do some things to support our baby. As women, yeah. Yeah. And I was with somebody, and he wasn't doing jack, so everything was on me, so I had that pressure. But I still could have did things differently. With the same capabilities I have now, I still could have made better decisions. Mm-hmm. All right, Jay, where you at? You got? Did you want to ask her anything? Uh, well, you know, um, yeah, yeah, everything's pretty much been covered that I was thinking to ask. Uh, <laughs> you, know, I was gonna say you ain't had no insider joke hand. questions. Oh, I was going to say uh, the way <laughs> I'm going to tell you what Tammy Thomas said. Uh, shout out to Tammy Uh-oh. Thomas. He's in the, in the chat room. I'm going to say the. Uh, <laughs> she said, uh, when you were saying how things were, weren't were that bad for you as far as your experience, she said, uh, wow, I need, I need to, what did she say? Let me scroll up. She said, uh, wow, uh, <laughs> prison for you sounds like an, uh, hold up. Do you see it? Do you see it, Miss Marie? My, uh, like a vacation? Oh, that's what, uh, that's what Angelica, that's what Angelica said, sounds like a vacation. Tammy Thomas it, said, "Sounds like a hotel." Yeah, federal prison was. Federal, <laughs> I kid you not. Fe, federal prison was like a vacation. It was. You turn yourself in, basically. I, when I was in custody, so I just got kind of dropped off. But they, you know, it's like with Martha Stewart and, and a girl who on that little show. You turn yourself in, like you check it into a hotel. You sit there, they, they give you some clothes, take your medicine, and then you go to your dorm. You get your little clothing and everything. You you had we had like cubicles we slept in. They're like little bedrooms. You know, they weren't closed in, but they were pretty private. We had a full beauty salon, you know, with all the stuff, the hot iron, the blow dryer, everything, everything you need. We had a full laundry room. We don't pay for none of this. We are, we had Sunday brunch. I worked in a cafeteria. We had Sunday brunch. It was better than any food I had ever tasted because the, the, the officers there were also, have, you know, were chefs or whatever, and everything was made from scratch. Everything was made from scratch. We had cookies we made from That's scratch. That's right, girl. Child. Tracy, in all your honesty, was anybody ever afraid to let you be around their children, um, any of their personal items like their checks or checks or credit cards, anything like that? Because, you know, some people will say that they forgive you or understand, but in the next breath, you know, they're standing around with fingerprint machines all over you. So I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, you know, in truth, was there anyone afraid 
to let you be around because I know you honestly told people what it happened to you and all. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I I sense that like with my sister, you know, my mother. Sometimes I feel like they was kind of skeptical about certain things. You know, mm-hmm. I just sense it, but then after a while, you know, they figure, okay, you know, I knew what I lost by going there. I mean, I lost pretty much everything. I didn't have nothing like that. But mm-hmm. you know, so in the beginning, I guess they were kind of leery about it, and I, and I kind of figured that's maybe why people didn't want want me to come live with them. Maybe they just mm-hmm. didn't want, you know. And then the whole concept: of, if I live with you, the feds got to come to your house to check me. That was the that was the biggest thing with people. Mm-hmm. They didn't want the feds come to their house, you know, because they could be you know smoking weed or whatever, and 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 you know they didn't want that kind right. of kind of get the flashlight so on them. Yeah. And then they had section eight: is you can't have a cell in your house. So. Mostly, you I'm have your own here. place now, right? You have your own place, right? Yeah. Okay. So it's 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 just different because you can't the little things like that. I think was probably one of the biggest reasons why people were afraid to take me in. They didn't want the feds in their house because mm-hmm. the feds can come after you come there and search it at random. But even though they never do that, they never they're different. Right. Parole is way different than the feds. The feds ain't tripping. They they want you to run because they're gonna catch you. They're That's catch right. You. Right. So yeah. they come to your house. They're respectful. They respect the people you live with. They respect you know if they gotta search the house, just make sure you know. So they've got a gun charge or something like that. They're gonna search. But somebody mm-hmm. like me, she come in and she she said, "How's the kids? How's everything? You know, how, how's the job search going?" And she'd be gone. The whole thing take about ten minutes. She wouldn't. She didn't have time for somebody like me. Right. You know, but we have maybe a different type of criminal. Mm-hmm. Now, um, we only have a few minutes left. Um, now before we wrap it up, Trace, I just got one quick, one last thing to ask. Uh, um, some of the women in the chat room were saying uh, they would have, they would have smacked up that uh, that new girlfriend for hiding up the letters. You know, uh, I mean, did you what, what what did you say to any of them about that? Not 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 a whole. I said something to him when I found out. I told her. I told her. I heard what you did with my letters. I heard what you did with my letters. But it's cool because you're not even worth the energy. You can have him. I have my kids, so it's cool. It's cool. It's cool. I said I don't. I don't care for her in any kind of content. And I told her I said I don't care about you or them. Only him. Only reason I care about him is because that's my kid's father. But other than that, you and him can drop dead. Yeah. And I told him, that's... give me all my letters back, so I can give them to my kids, so they can understand what I was thinking when I was gone. And I ended up getting my letters back. But you know, my mm. my thing is, I still still be for the stuff, and that's not even the, and that's that's a minor thing compared to the stuff they did to me when I was gone. I technically should still be whipping their ass for what they did to me when I was gone, because they stole all my stuff, and I mean, they just did some wicked stuff. Wow. Tracy, we got sixty seconds left. Is there any uh, last thing you want to say? Any any last quick, you know, uh, anything you want to mention? No, just thanks for having me on. I appreciate everybody's, you know, nice kind words and, and encouraging words and you know, just don't 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 get caught up in the in the in the hype of what's on T V they want they wanna make it seem like it's something that's not. You know, re- research your information before you, you know, take it to heart. All right, well, we're going, to, we're going to close it up. Uh, Tracy, I remember uh, last year you, you was more active in the uh, Blacktopia Facebook group. Uh, you think we could uh, see, we're going to start seeing? Uh, sure, sure. <laughs> sure. Sure. Yeah, sure. I'll be in there more. I just, I just do, I got a lot, I do, you know, a lot of school school work. So, oh, yeah, I'm, I don't understand. <laughs> All right, yeah, well, we've got a couple of things. All right, well, uh, that's our show. You're listening to Blacktopia 
Sports Roundtable Talk Radio with your host, Barbara the Country Cleaning Lady, some guy named Jay, Miss Marie Jones. That's it. We do it every Tuesday night. You don't have to go home, but you got to get off this thing, all right? Yep. Night, y'all. Night. Peace. All right, bye-bye.